podcast, we learn about how to be resilient, how to be more disciplined, how to be more motivated, and what's the secret on achieving our goals. Our host, Johnny, has more than 20 years of experience as a life coach and sports coach. He's a recognized comedian and a journalist. With him, we will learn how to be more disciplined, how to be more motivated, and what tricks and habits can help us create the life that we want. again to the Johnny Fox podcast and for those of you who are new welcome we are here with a new podcast to talk about how our thoughts keep us where we currently are in today's episode we are going to talk about how to improve our lives but on all levels personal financial family and career we are with Johnny Fox who as always will give us his opinion tips and tricks to achieve it so, good morning, Johnny. How are you today? Hi, Maria. Yes, I'm doing very well, thank you. And it's uh, great to be here, present and correct for episode six of the Johnny Fox podcast. Thank you, Johnny, to be here. So, I want to ask you first, what role do our thoughts play when it comes to achieving, achieving the life we seek? Yes, Maria, our thoughts are huge. I mean, we, they're everything. What we think about, we become. And so, and also our thoughts become our feelings. So if we are thinking negative things, we can't be doing productive things or we, we can't be going out and exercising if we're thinking of negative thoughts. Whereas on the plus side, if you're being positive, you're thinking positive thoughts and happy productive images and visualizing those things then we can go and act on those and and we can just be productive we can expand our minds and then we can also take relentless action yes also there is a say that explains that if someone doesn't see himself as someone brilliant people won't perceive you as someone brilliant, as someone amazing. So it's important the thoughts that we have of who we are. Exactly right, Maria. You have to love ourselves before we can love anyone else and give, give off that, that right vibe and, you know, set ourselves in the correct way. Now that you are talking about relationships, how can we change a way of thinking about something that is deeply rooted? A way of thinking about how romantic love have to be or our thoughts that are connected to I don't know our beliefs about how romantic relationships have to be how can we change these thoughts about something but it's deeply rooted in us yes well that's a, that's a, a great question but I think uh, when things are deeply rooted obviously it's harder to unearth them but we have, that's what we have to do. We have to dig deep and unearth those, those deeply rooted thoughts and beliefs and basically reframe them or reconceptualize them into positive thoughts from negative ones. And we can do that, then we can, with all of them, depending how many there are, but then that will help us on our journey to achieving our goals and dreams. Also, there's a technique, I don't know if you 
know this technique that it's EFT. It's about tapping. I don't know if you, do you know it? Yes, Maria, I've heard of it. I know that Jack Canfield, the famous author of Chicken Soup, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series and the Success Principles is a big proponent of tapping. So I, I've heard of it, yes. Yes, it's a technique that can change, especially the emotion we have associated with a belief or, or a thoughts or a way of thinking about an experience, especially if we uh, have thoughts um, associated with bad experiences. EFT tapping can work very well with that. Yes, I've heard that. And uh, I haven't used the actual procedure myself to this point, but I've heard lots of good things about it. So I think uh, I've also heard about root therapy. Um, and that's where you go to, again, go to the root cause of so a deeply rooted thought or belief and extract it from within our, you know, our minds or our bodies and then release it into the wild and let it go. And so I think that uh, maybe that has is a similar thing to tapping. Yes, and I think as you said a couple podcasts or a couple weeks ago, you said to us that we should question questions ourselves, questions the beliefs we have with that situation. If we are conscious that we have bad beliefs or beliefs that doesn't empower us that's the way to change to change and we have to be very conscious of that and I think it, that is something that you ex explained it to us a couple of weeks ago right yes and I think that also the language we use how how we speak and the words we use is also important for creating the right thoughts and feelings and, you know, it, we're always, always looking to focus on the positive and what expanding our minds, expanding our horizons and, and looking up. Again, it's, I come back to looking up versus looking down. You know, if you're looking up into the sky, you're thinking of all the possibilities, you know, of, of a dream life. Whereas if you're looking down, you're probably dragging your heels. You, you could, you, you're looking like you're depressed, whether you're feeling it or not. And that's really the difference in up versus down. Yeah, talking about the words and how we define ourselves. Today, we are going to talk about the teachings of two internationally well-known books that I'm sure that you all know that are uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and The Magic of Thinking Big by David Swan. So let's start with the book Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon, who is the author, tells us that we should define a goal and give 100% of ourselves to achieve it. Define how much money do we want, develop a strategy on how to achieve it, and visualize it. What can you tell us about these four simple steps? Because Napoleon says we have to give 100% of us, we should define how much we want, we should develop and a strategy, and then visualize. What are your thoughts as a coach to these four simple steps? Well, my thoughts are that defining how much money you would like to make or own is 
is crucial. I mean, if you don't know that figure, then how can you aim for it? So I think being very specific about a sum of money that you're looking to create is also is also key when it comes to visualizing how you you're going to be able to achieve that because you you've got to become the person that can create the business or you know create the enterprise enterprises that will that can deliver that figure so you the process of becoming that person is what you're then looking to visualize and the visualization and we've touched upon that in previous podcasts obviously with the vision boards and also either the classic version or the kind of electronic version that I, where I use my laptop and split it into maybe eight different screens, little boxes where each one has its own little vision board. And then the fourth, is the, there was a fourth one, you said? Uh, yes, develop a strategy. Right, developing the strategy. Yes, and that links into visualizing you know the kind of person that we need to become to achieve that goal and then i guess we break it down into short and long-term goals and targets and steps as to how we would then go forward uh, and achieve that but like certainly if you had a goal of say you know achieving five million dollars in five years then you would look to perhaps achieve a certain amount within a year be and make certain progress within six months and then build from there yes i absolutely agree with you johnny and continuing with the podcast the book also speaks on procrastination and that goes very much to the ability to decide he asserts that people who find it difficult to make decisions are usually the ones who allow themselves to be persuaded by others. What is your opinion on this phrase? Because it's a big one statement. Yes, Maria, I think the ability to decide and how that's linked to procrastination is, is huge. We're often paralyzed at the thought of making a decision. And this leads to procrastination on, on a level that is, is hard to describe. And I, but I think that making decisions is so important and it, it really doesn't matter what decision you make. I mean, if you, I think I've used this analogy before. If you go to the grocery store and you, have an, you want to get some salsa, say, and you, you have your criteria for it, so you just pick three different brands all within the sort of price range that, you, that you're looking for, and then you just pick one and it doesn't matter which one it's going to be roughly right. <laughs> and then you just get used to making these decisions quickly. Um, and, I, and I think that you can eradicate procrastination fairly quickly if you can just get used to making decisions. And, and this, can lead, this can be in every area of life. And I think also making decisions is a lot about what you say and what you don't say. So you have to say, if you know your own mind, then you say, this is what I'd like. I'd like the steak, well done, and a, a jacket potato and vegetables. And that's, that's your decision. And then you, and then you, walk, you walk away. 
and then you allow the next person to come in. So that's to be being decisive. And and don't let anyone else cloud that decision. Once you've once you've made that decision in your own mind, follow through and then walk away. Yes, I, I completely agree. I think a lot of people struggle with procrastination, like struggle with making simple decisions. And as a lot of people need to call someone to help them decide. And it's very I think it's very important to become decisive in our lives. Yes, Munir, it's very important as well because it develops confidence. And that's one of the things, one of the big things that I'll be teaching is, is confidence and courage. And, and you develop both by getting relentlessly good at making decisions. And because you're trusting yourself, you're trusting yourself that your decision is right for you in that moment. And that's, that's all we have is the present moment. And of course, life is a series of thousands of little decisions that we make every day, whether we realize it or not. So the more we can just get used to being decisive, the better it will be for our lives and, and we can really move forward and chase our dreams. Yes, and, and talking about confidence, we know that you are a coach who are specialized in fear, in crisis fears from your clients and transforming it into confidence. And Napoleon Hills uh, mentioned that fears can be grouped into six categories from fear to poverty, death, criticism, illness, fear of getting older, or a fear of losing someone we love. So what advice would you give us to overcome, for example, the fear of criticism, a very common fear that I think you normally you normally see in people around you. Yes, the advice I would give about the fear of criticism and how to eliminate that is that you have to just learn to not care what others think. As long as you speak your truth in any given moment and you'll get better at doing that the more you do it, then you will lose the fear of criticism because you'll build confidence and trust yourself in what you're saying. And then everybody will adapt around you and you'll also attract the right people because you're showing exactly who you are as a person. You know, you, you can't reach your potential as a human being if you're not showing yourself in every moment being 100% authentic and truthful as to who you are. So I think when we can do that and we can, we can make that a habit, then we can overcome the fear of criticism within maybe a, a month to six months, you know, fairly easily. Yes, and you also recommended to us that we should do at least one things, one thing out of our comfort zone per week to build that courage, to build that confidence in, in ourselves. Yes, did I say one thing a week? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I, I, I think I've been saying now at least one one a day. Like I would say one a day, if not three a day. One a day. <laughs> oh, at least one a day. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you want to fast track the habit. And, you know, there are varying levels of what what constitutes being out of your comfort zone. And, you know, whether you're stepping out or whether you're jumping out, 
but you know if it's asking out an attractive lady every day then that's what you're doing that once a day or but you could but there can be other things it could be related to career or personal life whatever it might be you can we can certainly get used to doing i would say at least one one a day that's a good a good a good goal to start is what is one a day rather than just one a week one a day a lot of it <laughs> continuing with the, with the theme of fear in the other book that we will talk about the magic of thinking big david mentions that we all must put an end to fear and generate trust he says that the friend of fear is time the more we wait the more fear there will be and therefore he tells us the importance of taking action how johnny how can we take this action that the author tell us when we are so afraid and maybe some people are paralyzed yes great question i think in the beginning you you get the help with making those decisions and that you know whether that's through through a coach or through a friend a family member and you get used to starting to make decisions small ones to begin with and then build up from there but i i think it it is and i've experienced it in a in a depressed state where you it is paralyzing you know you can be in that supermarket or grocery store and you just you can't decide and you're, you're you're stuck in the aisle there for like 10 minutes not not making a decision and uh but i think i think you've got to you know you understand what the opposite you understand what it takes to make decisions um and you and then the kind of the theory behind it and, and it's then all about putting it into practice and so it's engaging help to get you on that path and then you can take on take over the course of it yourself yes i think asking for help is key as in some occasions or in some circumstances i think alone we can we can do it and it's the truth and i think there's nothing wrong with asking for for help and also we know that fear is related to confidence and believing in ourselves as we mentioned earlier so would you give us some tricks to increase on our self-confidence related to fear yes how can we build more confidence in ourselves in order to crush these fears well i guess it's a, classic, a bit of a chicken and egg situation that you have to tackle the fears to gain the confidence and vice versa but so i th i think that would be the principal way that i would re recommend a, a tip or a trick is that if you have a fear you know if it's asking that girl out you think isn't you know maybe out of your league but you know you never know unless you try then you have to go and do it and you will build confidence doing it it's going to be scary um you're going to feel afraid as you as you do it but you just got to keep walking forward and and deal with every part of it so as you approach you know if it was in a restaurant there's going to be waitresses and servers walking by and members of the public there were going to be 
numerous obstacles that will pop up along the way. And it would be easy to just run off and veer off and, and avoid doing it. But you have to follow through and you have to keep going and find the right moment and then ask, ask the question and just say that, you know, you find if you're out and about and you see something you find attractive that you like to ask them out for coffee. So, you know, I find you attractive. Would you like to go out for coffee? And just following through like that and doing applying that to any area of life will will build the confidence so definitely embracing fears and, and building strategies to crush those fears will, will build confidence yes i think as we mentioned we we have to take action in order to to remove these fears and also david the author in emphasizes eliminating almost all kinds of negative phrases and excuses we use our daily lives like impossible, won't work, can't do, no use trying. So we know we all know someone who always makes excuses or even ourselves sometimes. How can we end this bad practice of talking bad or talking on excuses? Or talking negative? Well, I think, Maria, that uh, one of the ways of doing it, of course, is, is via affirmations, and uh, they can be very successful. And also the classic post it notes, posting those up on mirrors, you know, in your bathroom, around the house, your home, and it's saying in your car, you're driving wherever you might be at work and relentlessly focusing on positive words and phrases. And so that you're literally almost squeezing, squeezing out the negative words and phrases. There's no room for them anymore because everything, you know, your life is now full of, of just positivity and there's no room for the negative stuff. So that would be my suggestion there. Yes, and I think in my opinion of, of, on that is that at first we have to be conscious. We have to be conscious that we, that we are negative, that we have limiting beliefs or thoughts. So consciousness, I think it's the first thing. And for me, the second one has to be we have to train our brain because if our brain goes in that direction, it's because our subconscious is working in that direction, in the direction of negative beliefs, fears and all that so I think when fear arises or when that impossible phrase or I can do it arrive we have to train our brain and say that's not true because mo most of the times it's we invent histories I think we are Tarantino <laughs> we um, invent a lot of the things that hasn't happened yet and maybe will not happen so I think we have to train our brain. I don't know. What do you think on that? Yes, that's a good question, Maria. And um, I, I think, ask me that question again. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, I was, I was saying that in, in order to, to remove that negative talk, that negative beliefs, the I can do it, that's impossible. The first thing is to be conscious. We have to be conscious that we have a problem. And the second thing is we have to train our brain because if our brain is speaking negative, 
about us is because we have let him speak bad about us. So we have to train our brain. And by training, I mean that when we are speaking on things on ourselves and the fear arrives, the I can do it, the, that's impossible. We have to question that. We have to question why we think that way. And if that is completely true, I think that questioning, trying to understand the root on all that and also explaining to our brain that that's not true, that maybe it's something that we imagine, maybe it's something that we have fear and probably yes. doesn't exist. So I think it's important to question and also train our brain. That's right, Maria. And I think the the cookie jar trick that you related to in one of our Instagram posts recently by, by David Goggins is also a good example of where he's proved in the past that he could he can he, he can achieve the goal and he can do it and that we need reminders. So that's a good way of reminding ourselves that we are a, able to achieve things and, and do things that might seem in the moment, you know, too much of a challenge or insurmountable. But if we check in that cookie jar, pull out an example of where we've overcome adversity or the challenge in the past, then that can really help to, to eradicate any of those negative thoughts and ideas around that we can't achieve something and just keep us focused on the fact that we absolutely can and we're just going to move forward and do our 100% best to achieve it. If anyone doesn't know what the cookie jar trick is, I am going to explain it for y'all. It's about uh, reminding ourselves of that tough times, of that difficult challenges that we already have had. And the point is when we are dealing with something difficult or we are feeling very sad or very well in a difficult situation i think everyone yes. can understand the trick is to remind us that actually we are much stronger than we think because we already have had in in our lives tough times challenges and we overcome it for sure uh, absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're def i mean he also says famously when you think you're done, if you think you're finished in a race, you're only 40% done. So, that, so you, there's still 60% left in you. And we can use that as an analogy for any area of life. Yeah, that phrase was so powerful to me because it made me think a lot. Because David Goggins states that we operate in 40, yeah, 40%. Not in our races, but in everything in life. In, and that phrase was, whoa, that's so powerful and so sad at the same time. Yeah, well, I, I think I don't think it's meant to be sad, but I mean, it. he's just saying that, you know, people will people give up too easily. And so, you know, when you, you know, if you're in a race and you, people might, they think they might think, oh, I, I feel so terrible. My legs aren't working. I just I don't have anything left. And he's saying that in that state of mind, oh no, you you still have sixty percent in in you, but you've got to 
persevere, keep going and trust in yourself that you'll get where you need to go. Yes, I think I was saying sad in terms that we think that we are giving our best and that's only the beginning. So I think we have to expand oh, the way we think and also that expand the thoughts that we are much stronger than we think also. Definitely very powerful and uh, a great philosophy for life. Yes, I think David Goggins and the other two authors mentioned that we have to learn on how to sell ourselves better, to know that we are better than we think and to repeat that state that we are better in our brain constantly. So he says, uh, David, the author, he says that it's a way of believing it through repetition and affirmation. So he affirms that affirmations work very well in, in terms of believing in ourselves. So how can we learn or what are your thoughts on how can we learn to sell ourselves better to people? In interviews, for example, we need to learn how to sell us in life with a girl <laughs> in every uh, situation, I think. Absolutely. And I think, I think it comes down to being your authentic self. You know, you, you can best sell yourself when you're being 100% of who you are all the time and, and sharing that with people. You know, I think if you, if you have a, a sense of humor, then, then show it and then share it whenever you get the chance. And if you have an opinion on something and you're being asked about it, then share it and have no, do, you know, develop the confidence to do that. And, and I think when, when we're being, when we're being genuinely authentic and, and sharing as much as possible and also throwing in the humor part, then we, that's really going to help sell us and sell ourselves because it makes us unique. We're, we're all unique, uniquely individual, but we have to show why we're uniquely individual when, we, when we're being interviewed or when we come into in, interact with other people. We have to show exactly you know, what makes us different, what gives us the X factor, what makes us stand out from the crowd. So yeah, just being genuinely authentic and honest and telling your truth. Yes, and I think that goes related with the title of thinking big. So I think how can we start thinking big, thinking big about ourselves, of the things we can achieve, thinking big about everything in life? Yes, I mean, I think that's definitely what one of the things we're aiming at with Porsche Up Your Life, where we're looking, my analogy is the Porsche, which is a car that I've loved since I was a kid, when I had a scale electric set for Christmas and there, were two, there was a gold and silver Porsche as part of it. And to me, they, are, they epitomize aiming, thinking big, and the, the magic of thinking big that you could own a Porsche and, and drive a Porsche around. And, and that's, and of course, I want to be eco-friendly and I'm looking at the electric ones now, but that's definitely in, in my, my uh, 
future now, I, I hope. That's certainly how I'm thinking big. And then obviously we're relating that with everything else through Porsche Up Your Life. But I, I, so I think it starts in one area and then you can add into the other areas of your life. But um, one step at a time and, and keep building. Yes, and I think it's important uh, to think in big to, we are at the end of this episode. So I, I think I want to end this episode by saying that don't put yourself a lower price tag and expect that others will put you a higher tag on you. So I think it has been a pleasure as always to be here again on the Johnny Fox podcast. You can leave us a review about which one of the actions we mentioned you will start doing or has impacted you. You can find Johnny on Instagram at busyjohnny73, on Facebook, busyjohnnyfox, and on his website, busyjohnny.com or Porshap Your Life. In his bio, you can find his calendar where you can schedule an appointment and take advantage of the 10% discount that he's offering on his session. So thank you very much, Johnny, for being here. Thank you, Maria. Yes, it was a pleasure as always.